As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to the BBM Global Network with 25 years in broadcast audio and video production. Our passionate team creates content and marketing for the world of Internet talk radio. If you've got a passion, come join us at BBMGlobalNetwork.com. The BBM Global Network. Your voice is now heard. Soul Level with your host, Shauna Williams. Shauna is here to provide various forms of healing that are non-invasive, that promote relaxation and aid the body in naturally healing itself by using ancient healing techniques that have been around for centuries. So please welcome the host of Healing at Soul Level, Shauna Williams. Hello and welcome to Healing at Soul Level. I'm your host, Shauna Williams, and we're broadcasting live from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Bevan Neiman underwent a spiritual reawakening in her early 40s when she began studying with the Spiritual Arts Institute. This is where she realized how strong her intuitive and empathic gifts were. She is trained in coaching and conscious leadership and is the leader of a meetup group of over 500 sensitive people in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Welcome to the show, Bevan. Hi, Shauna. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be here and be connecting with your listeners today. Yes, I'm so glad that you uh, agreed to be on my show because I was just beginning to learn a little bit about archetypes. And then I was like, wow, this is a lot of information. <laughs> and then I met you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a fortuitous meeting there uh, for us, and uh, thank you for bringing me mm -hmm. on today. So, okay, so explain to everybody, what are archetypes? Absolutely. You know, I also would say that I'm uh, newer to exploring this idea of the archetypes, although it is not a new idea for human beings. Um, the word actually came out into language in the 1540s. So this idea of an archetype has been around for many, many years. And if you wanted to look at the textbook definition, it would be uh, the original pattern from which copies are made. 
And so what, the way I like to look at it, Shauna, is um, that archetypes are powerful metaphors that help us to understand ourselves. Um, they can be stories or visuals, um, art, music. Uh, they come through in a lot of different ways. But it's a way for us to identify with um, characters or ways of being um, that mirror our own ways of being. Oh, okay. I mean, that was really good explanation. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, like, well, you can know, you give me a few? Go ahead. Oh, I'm so sorry to interrupt. Um, I was going to say they, you know, many of the stories um, since ancient times were passed down um, orally and then later in written form uh, from generation to generation. So these stories are, are ancient, you know, as they come forth into modern times. So like the archetypes are kind of like stories yeah. that became that and then that's been passed down. That's how it's come to us at this time, correct? Right, right. Okay. So okay. one um, archetype that a lot of people are very familiar with, and there have been stories spanning in every culture, every religion, um, all the way up to modern times, is the hero or the heroine's journey. So that's something, you know, we have movies about it. We have uh, characters um, that are heroes or heroines. And essentially, this is a person who sets off on an adventure. And usually it's fraught with a series of challenges or obstacles that must be faced and overcome. Um, it's definitely going to involve growth and learning and mistakes and sometimes triumphs. And then generally at the end, there's some kind of achievement or some goal, right? And so the hero or heroine's journey is one of our most um, long-standing archetypes. And, you know, this reflects our own spiritual journey, you know, as we mm -hmm. are spiritual beings having a human experience. You know, we come into this world and we're born into a specific family and we have experiences and adventures, if you will, <laughs> and we have strengths and we have challenges uh, along the way, and we learn and we evolve and we grow, and so each of us plays out that hero or heroine's journey uh, in the same way that these archetypal characters have. See, I always knew I was part of those Disney movies. <laughs> a reason that they resonate so much with us, you know, because we see ourselves in them. And, you know, in more modern times, the author Joseph Campbell really dove into this, this idea of archetypes and mythology. And he actually broke the hero's journey down into this diagram of, you know, first this happens and this happens and they face, uh, you know, an evil influence and they overcome that and then this and this and they come into, you know, self-realization and so forth. And there's also a author named Maureen um, Murdoch who expanded upon that work um, because she believes that the women actually experience a different kind of journey and different sort of challenges uh, perhaps than men do. Uh, mm -hmm. And she developed this model for the heroine's journey. And, um, What's really interesting about this is that there have been, of course, throughout history, like more uh, heroes' journeys than heroines' journeys. I think, you know, when I was a child, there were only a handful of stories about women and powerful women and women who 
uh, overcame things at all costs and so forth. Um, and so, of course, I gravitated to, the, to that. I think as we come into modern times, we're, we're seeing, you know, more of that. We're seeing more empowerment. Uh, and that's a positive thing is that women can see themselves in these stories and these metaphors as well. Yeah, that's true. That's very good because it's very empowering, which is what everybody needs to be empowered. Very true. Right. right. So right. why is it, you know, why is it so important, though, to our society? You know, other than the empowerment, mm-hmm. is there other reasons? Right. Well, you know, a little bit later, I'll talk a little bit about Carl Jung and the collective mm-hmm. unconscious. And I think that's a really interesting way to um to answer your question about, you know, how we identify with these archetypes, um, both on a societal level as well as an individual level. Now, of course, we're all in, we're all unique human beings. We all have our own story, um, but we also have shared experiences. Um, and we've had shared experiences even with people who lived thousands of years ago and, you know, people who live currently. And so feeling a sense of belonging a sense of, oh, I am validated by that. I understand <laughs> that other people oh. have lost this path. It's not mm-hmm. just me. Uh, I think is really, really important. I think, you know, you see that in social media now where people get on and they share their stories, uh, particularly, and other people say, yes, I've had that experience, or, oh, I feel for you, or, hey, I'm pulling for you. And we need that as human beings. We, you know, having a sense of belonging is one of our basic needs uh, to be a part of a community. And so I think archetypes help us to pull together in that way. Okay. Huh. You know, it's funny because when I sit here and listen to that and then I start, you know, relating it back to my life, then I understand it, you know, more and it's easier to understand because as you said, we all go through that, but you don't really, you just do it. I guess it's natural, you know, and then, but whenever somebody puts it into words like that, it, it helps you to understand. And, and um, I don't know, uh, for me, it's like um, just having almost directions as to what I was doing, you know, something that told me that it wasn't just haphazardly. I wasn't just doing something haphazardly, you know. Right, that makes right. Sense. That we have these powerful <laughs> patterns. <laughs> we have these powerful yes. patterns that we we sort of play out as human beings, and uh, and that's our shared humanity. I think is really really powerful. You know, another archetypal story that everyone's going to be familiar with is the battle between good and evil. You know, oh, and it shows up but, in um, every culture, <laughs> every that's religion. True. You know, they right. They, you we know have what this duality, right? We can talk about um, the battle of this. Um, We're going to have to stop real quick and take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. Dr. Rob Moyer is the director of the Ocean River Institute, and he is passionate about saving the ocean by helping dolphins suffering from nitrogen pollution. Nitrogen is a dangerous pollutant, affecting our oceans, altering ocean ecosystems, and contributing to global warming. The Ocean River Institute provides opportunities to make a difference and encourages people to go the distance for savvy stewardship of a greater and bluer planet Earth. Partnered with organizations from Massachusetts to Florida, Alaska to the Caribbean, the Ocean River Institute's mission is to foster involvement in conservation and environmental monitoring by facilitating grassroots efforts at local and regional levels. Hello, I'm Rob Moyer of the Ocean River Institute. 
please visit our website at oceanriver.org. Sign up for free e-alerts. You may call us at 617-661-6647. Our email address is info at Ocean River. Become informed and then act with us. Thank you. Joseph A. Moylan is the owner of Ion Health, which specializes in very unique medical devices. Ion Health offers biomats, alkalife, and frequency machines. Biomats are a far infrared and negative ion emitting FDA-approved medical device. With many different sizes available, you can place them on your bed, on a massage table, or on a seat in your car. It is an unobtrusive way to health. Alkalife machines are water ionizers that cleanse and raise the alkalinity of your tap water, making high alkaline water. Frequency machines utilize certain frequencies to kill viruses and bacteria. These devices are safe and effective. Coming from a health-conscious background and studying physiology at the Academy of Natural Health, Joseph A. Moylan has 15 years of experience in the health field and wants to help you live a healthy, long life. Visit www.ionhealthbiomats.weebly.com or call 765-520-2988. Don't let your health go astray. Get in touch today. Welcome back to Healing at Soul Level. We're broadcasting live from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio, and I'm your host, Shauna Williams. We were just talking about archetypes, and when we left for the break, we were talking about archetypes that are like good and evil. So let's continue on with that, Bevan. Absolutely. Um, you know, this, um, this sort of duality, this battle between this archetype of good and this archetype of evil has been prevalent through pretty much every culture and every religion um, throughout the ages. And it even extends into our more modern times. Um, so if we look at a, let's say, a, a more modern movie, like The Lord of the Rings, for example, you have a character, a hobbit named Frodo, <laughs> who embodies this uh, innocent, you know, good um, hobbit from the Shire, and then goes to battle with these evil forces who want to take over uh, the Great Ring and use it to um, control all of uh, all of Middle Earth. And so, you know, this kind of epic. Uh, contest, you know, between these two sides, the dark and the light, um, shows up as an archetype over and over and over. Um, I would say another good example of a movie that does this, and when was, I just remember seeing it in the theater and being just blown away, was Silence of the Lambs, you know, where mm -hmm. uh, the character of Clarice is the investigator, and she goes in and she enters into, you know, she's sweet and sort of innocent, and she enters into the world of Hannibal Lecter, who is anything but. And the, right. the interplay between these two characters, you know, and what's so interesting about uh, this, this archetypal uh, battle between good and evil is that it's not only played out externally, you know, you see it in politics where one side makes the other side wrong and so forth. You see it in, um, in relationships between countries. We have allies and we have enemies. Um, you see it played out internally as well. You know, we all have this side of ourselves where we know that we have a moral compass that, and we're going to make specific, you know, choices that will be um, in alignment with our personal beliefs. And then we also have this side sometimes which... Um, isn't always what we like to see, you know, this darker side of ourselves uh, where we uh, say things that maybe we don't mean or we 
um, we take actions and it hurts other people and those kinds of things. And so there's the battle of good and evil <laughs> on every scale, and it's kind of reflected yeah. throughout all of society. Mm. Wow. So um, these are, so do you have like some examples of some modern day archetypes? Right, right. So, you know, we talked before about uh, the hero's journey, you know, mm-hmm. and if you look at the Star Wars series, for example, you see Luke Skywalker as this um, seemingly like average person, right, who feels called to uh, something larger. He just doesn't know what that is. And so he follows, he takes this adventure and he follows and he goes from planet to planet and he meets different people and he gathers resources and he has to overcome challenges, and then he meets a mentor in Yoda, and um, and he trains, you know, for the upcoming battle, which is also a battle of good versus evil, right? Um, yes. <laughs> and interestingly enough, in this case with Star Wars, you know, it becomes the battle with the father archetype as well, so that it brings in, you know, uh, George Lucas certainly used a lot of archetypes um, in his work. Uh, so that would be one, you know, more modern um, interpretation of that. And I loved the movie that came out last year, A Wrinkle in Time. It was one of my favorite books by Madeline Lingle. And oh. the, the leading character of Meg, and we talk about the heroine, you know, how we're starting to see more of the heroine's journey show up um, in current times. And again, she was sort of this innocent teenage girl who then went off and um, and took these adventures and and expressed um, characteristics of herself that she didn't even know that she had inside. You know, it brought out uh, these different strengths. It also highlighted where maybe she needed to do some more work and where she um, where she had doubts. You know, within herself. And I think that aspect of the hero or the heroine's journey often shows up, you know, it shows up for each of us as well as we go through life. There are things that we're very confident in. And then there are times when we go, Hmm, I just don't know <laughs> where I'm going, right. what I'm doing. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes we have imposter syndrome and those kinds of things. And so, you know, again, these archetypes be, become reflected within our own journey within. Um, you said imposter I'm sorry, what was that you just said? Imposter journey or? Oh, imposter syndrome. Um, this is a place where people step into maybe a new role um, or something they've never tried before. And they think to themselves, um, you know, who am I to do this? You know, well, I don't have the experience or the knowledge or um, the leadership, for example, to do this thing. Um, and we feel like a fraud, right? So some people say, well, you know, just step in there and kind of fake it till you make it, which is funny because it's probably how we do most of life, right? <laughs> we <laughs> yeah. don't know exactly what's coming and we just uh, right? we just go forward and, and then find out what we need to know along the way. Uh, but yeah, that's the imposter syndrome. And so it's a very common part of the hero and the heroine's journey to feel like uh, I'm not good enough to do this. And then having to summon up that courage and that strength inside to do it anyway uh-huh. and and to step forth into that is a part of that cycle. So that's not an actual archetype. That's um, more of uh, something that you do while you're um, exploring archetypes, I guess. Yeah, 
it could be. You know, uh, I guess if you wanted to call it an archetype, you could call it the imposter, which would be someone who's posing as something that they're not um, or wondering if they're trying to be something that they're not. So it, it actually could become an archetype itself. It seems to be more of a feeling through that journey, though. Okay, okay. So that's almost, like you said, anything that you do new, you almost feel like, what am I doing? I, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> And then you find out, yeah, I could do this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we always look back afterwards and go, wow, I actually had skills and knowledge. And there were people and resources that showed up to support that. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, that almost always happens. That's true. So we're going to stop right here, take a quick break, and then we will be right back. Attorney Renee Marie Smith is changing the way we sell real estate. She wrote a series of books called My Short Sale Guru Guides for all real estate practitioners. Whether you're a homeowner wanting to understand the process, an agent who has been handling short sales for years, or an industry analyst wanting to know how short sales impact your business, Renee uses her vast real estate experience to take a comprehensive look at the recent market phenomena while relaying it in an easy-to-understand understand format. Through her company, Smith Title Services, Renee has counseled thousands of short sale participants and processed in excess of a thousand short sales. Her knowledge is transformational for real estate professionals and laymen alike, and her live presentations provide people the opportunity to ask specific questions about their issues. Buy her books and schedule her to speak at your next event. Visit www.smithtitleservices.com or call 305-705-3428 or email her at renee at smithtitleservices.com. Isn't it time to sell your property today? Learn the My Short Sale Guru way. Do you battle with weight loss? There is a solution. Founder of Weight No More Consulting, Deborah Simons, can help you lose weight safely and effectively through weight loss surgery. I know. I had the surgery two years ago, and I am 135 pounds lighter and medication-free. This full-service weight loss center caters to your every need as you navigate to a healthy weight following surgery. Servicing all of Canada, Weight No More Consulting takes pride in its compassionate care and guides you through each step before and after surgery. Starting with informational meetings, Weight No More Consulting educates each potential client before they decide to have surgery on the health risks of obesity and the various weight loss surgeries available. After surgery, Weight No More Consulting provides a solid support system with ongoing meetings to ensure continued success. Deborah Simons and Weight No More Consulting are committed to promoting your health and wellness through maintaining a healthy weight for life. Welcome back to Healing at Soul Level. I'm your host, Shauna Williams, and we're broadcasting live from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Today, we're talking with Bevan Neiman, and we're talking about archetypes. Um, When we left off, we were talking about uh, the modern day archetypes and her and I had a prior conversation about uh, perceptive archetypes. And so I'd like for her to explain this to all of our listeners. Thank you, Mm Shauna. Yes, I actually uh, the work that I do is with perceptive souls. And the way I define that um, is perceptive means tuned in you know, to those things which are seen as well as those things which are unseen. And soul is really a recognition of our divinity, that inner spark within us, that eternal soul. And so, um, you know, these are, these, this is a powerful archetype for many people who relate to this. Um, uh, perceptive souls can be intuitive, empathic, uh, very connected, sensitive, 
And so um, what I did is one day I went to walk in the forest, uh, as I love to do as a part of my meditative practice. And mm-hmm. I just started receiving sort of as a download <laughs> all of these different perceptive archetypes. I realized there's something very specific about perceptive souls uh, that needed to come forth uh, that we do uh, relate to some of the more traditional archetypes, but then we sort of have our own. And I wanted, if uh, if it was okay, to share just a few of those with you today. Um, that really yes. relate. That I think really a lot of my clients and and the people I work with relate to. Okay. Yes. Yes. I'd love to hear more about that. Sure. Sure. So one of the ones that came through for me was called the energy scanner, and. I think this is one that a lot of people who um, identify as an empath really resonate with. I think that's me. (laughs) As soon as you said the word (laughs) energy scanner, I was like, "Uh, that's me. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. (laughs) So this is where both subtle and dramatic shifts in the energy fields around you uh, pop up on your radar. You're like, what happened? Something shifted and changed. And you may be able to sense energy in a lot of different forms, whether that's emotional or physical, environmental, mental or spiritual. And um, tapping into the flow or the oneness is very easy for an energy scanner. Um, However, people could be very porous and very open, so they take on the energy of other things. Uh, which is something that requires a lot of awareness, right, to understand is this my energy, is this someone else's energy? Um, And often, uh, particularly empaths, feel like they're not certain where I end and where another person begins, right? Yes. (laughs) Uh, And so, you know, there's a really important awareness here of just realizing, like, you're always tuned in and noticing and asking questions and being really curious about where is this sensation or this feeling or this thought coming from? Is this mine? Is it someone else's? Um, And what I like to say is that taking in energetic language is just a language like anything else. It's like verbal language. It's like body language. It's just a way of noticing what's happening in the world around us. And so there's, uh, there's nothing wrong or right about it, um, but what, what you can do with that is then go, okay, well, this isn't mine, or this is someone else's, or I'm just noticing this, and then you can kind of let it, let it pass by, uh, as opposed to taking it inside, and I think this is really important for energy scanners so that uh, we don't become exhausted <laughs> by yes. all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sometimes when, we, when, we, when we're scanning, you know, we're scanning, <laughs> And we notice something about another person, we realize, oh, we may be kind of encroaching on their privacy, their energetic privacy. And so if it doesn't yeah. involve us, we can just notice and then kind of move on, right? Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Because no one really likes to, to be read that way. So this is just one of the three archetypes um, and one of the 13 archetypes that came forward for me. Uh, and I just think that it, it really seems to resonate a lot with empaths. Yes, it does. I definitely do resonate with that. (laughs) Um, The next one is a foreshadower. And sometimes this is known as a seer or a prophet. You know, these are terms people are familiar with. Mm -hmm. Uh, These are people who have the ability to kind of sense into the future and predict what's likely to happen. And they're usually correct often enough to kind of be scary, (laughs) right? (laughs) Um, They receive messages through powerful dreams or visions or just have an inner knowing about what's going to happen. Uh, Some of these messages may show up very clear, 
while others are more symbolic. So we don't always know exactly maybe what it means until after the fact or until we get some kind of verification. Um, you know, anytime we receive a vision, it, it could be one of infinite number of possibilities. So just because we see something doesn't mean it's exactly going to happen that way. Um, it could or it may not. It's just one of the things that can happen, and there are a lot of factors into play um, as far as people making choices that will determine what path something takes in the future. Um, though the one thing that foreshadowers really struggle with is, do I tell people what I know? <laughs> if you see something mm -hmm. for another person, do I tell them? And what I would say about that is you can ask them, there was something I received for you. Would you like to know it? Would you like me to tell you? And right. if they say no, then just respect that uh, because yeah. this is, um, it's really important uh, not to force something upon another person. Or you could actually influence the outcome uh, when you're not supposed to. So this is a little bit about being a foreshadower. And it's a, it's a responsibility because you can see things. Uh, but it's also a beautiful gift as well. Yeah, sounds like it. Hmm. Well, uh, I, I, I don't have that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, some people have, uh, you know, really resonate towards some of the archetypes and not others. Um, oh, yeah. You know, what's interesting about it is I realized as I wrote these that I, at one time or another in my life, have um, expressed all of them. Um, I don't express all of them all the time, but this one was more, you know, prevalent at this point in my life and a different one was more prevalent at another point. But it was interesting right. to find out that I could write these because I, I've actually embodied them. <laughs> okay. Um, I get it. I get that. Yeah. So, I think it's happened then foreshadow maybe two or three times in my life. So not very much at all. Right. It may, Which not, is, may not be the strength, but it's occasional. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, the third so, one I wanted to share was called the the Awakener, and uh, these are generally people who feel called to be something like a spiritual teacher or a mentor. Uh, they want to help other people uh, elevate their consciousness, and they're here to help wake up the world. Right? So it's a beautiful mm -hmm. calling. Um, they often have a lot of wisdom and feel like an old soul. <laughs> they feel like, I've been here before, and um, I know all these things, and I'm bringing this forward. And, um, and what awakeners have to do is to be able to develop a very strong personal inner belief in themselves. Okay. Because, well, uh, we're going to... We'll come back and talk about the rest of The Awakener after these breaks. Essential Nutrients, LLC, is the brainchild of entrepreneur Barbara Burns. Inspired by a desire to help others, Barbara worked with a team of scientists to develop unique nutritional liquid supplements with the goal to improve the quality of your life. Glucosamine, zinc, and calcium are essential to well-being, and this is the focus of Essential Nutrients, LLC. Whether you're a professional athlete, weekend warrior, student, business owner, or homemaker, Essential Nutrients offers products for everyone, including the family pet. And they're easy to take, no pills. Health requires commitment, exercise, a good diet, proper supplementation, and action. So take action today and get your supply of essential liquid nutrients by visiting www.essential-liquids.com. Don't put off your health any longer. 
Take essential products today and start to measure the difference. There are artists and then there's Alice Asmar. This award-winning artist has spent her entire life devoted to her artistic pursuits and has had a lifelong fascination with American Indians of the southwestern United States. Her book, Dance to the Great Spirit, showcases her drawings and paintings inspired by sacred rituals of the Pueblo Indians, and four of her lithographs are in permanent collection at the National Museum of American History and the Smithsonian Institution in Washington, D.C. She is one of four artists in the United States to win a Woolley Fellowship for study in Paris at L'École des Beaux-Arts and has been featured in numerous publications. She's exhibited at the world's most prestigious museums and galleries and recently won a 20-year service award from the Burbank City Council and the inaugural art competition of the Foundation of the United States in Paris. Visit www.asmarart.com, www.aliceasmarinternational.com, and email alice at aliceasmar at aol.com. Hello, and welcome back to Healing at Soul Level. I'm your host, Shauna Williams, and we're broadcasting live from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Today, we've been talking about archetypes, and my guest, Bevan Niemans from Perceptive Souls has been doing a wonderful job explaining it to me and all of you. So when we left off at the um, last break, we were talking about perceptive archetypes. And the last one we were talking about was Awakener. So Bevan, if you want to continue on with that one. Absolutely. Yeah, I think we left off uh, talking a little bit about how Awakeners uh, need to have a very strong inner belief. Um, because other people may not always understand uh, their vision or their their purpose. Um, one thing to be really careful about if you are, are uh, resonate as an awakener is that you are not responsible for transforming everything by yourself. Uh, at the break, Sean and I, you and I were talking about finding your tribe and connecting with other uh, spiritual leaders and people who are doing this work. And, you know, we can feel a heavy responsibility, um, but we're not responsible for impacting everyone or the whole world. <laughs> we need to do our part uh, in, our, in our piece and, um, and, and then work with others to do their piece and their part of this as well. Um, and making sure you're not sacrificing everything in order to give and that you also do your self-care and that you have hobbies and a personal life and so forth. This is really important for those you feel called to be in service to others and help um, other people awaken and elevate their consciousness. Yes, it balance is definitely the key. That's something I had to learn because I just wanted to keep giving, 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 and then there was nothing left. <laughs> so, yes. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that there was something uh, that you're really passionate. I believe it was uh, leadership archetypes we talked about. Absolutely. You know, my work recently is really diving into this idea of how do perceptive souls uh, view leadership? And I did a recent survey on that. And, you know, we can look around our world and see that there's a lot of despair where there's negative energies. And, you know, we're still struggling with things like racial and gender inequality and dramatic income gaps between the wealthiest and the poorest people. Um, a lot of companies still put profit before human beings or for, before our planet. Um, but then there's a lot of really great things that are going on as well. A lot of things are shifting and changing people's mentalities and uh, particularly mentalities in the business world as well. It's, it's going slowly, but of course this is why we're here, right, is to help, uh, to help make that shift. 
And so I've been looking at this archetype of leadership because obviously leadership is what directs a lot of our culture. It directs a lot of our business work. It, it directs um, many things in our society. And for many, many years, leadership looked like sort of top-down micromanagement. It was primarily masculine and European descent. Um, there was a lot of control or asking people to be compliant. Um, there was misuse of power. And so particularly perceptive souls don't work well within those kinds of environments, right? We look at all that and we say, this is not for me. And mm -hmm. I think because there's been this sort of more traditional view of what leadership looks like, many perceptive souls, although they have really great skills in this area, have rejected leadership. A lot of them will say, I'm not even, I don't even like the word leader. I don't want to be that. Um, and then again, I think that I've seen people, you know, leading from the sort of position of authority because that's all they've ever had as a role model. You know, you have to be sort of um, emotionally detached and make the hard decisions and do these things, um, even if you know in your heart it's not the right choice. So what I'm really interested in is how do we shift uh, this definition of what leadership looks like? Because I believe that we can do better as a world. Yeah. Um, and I believe that we're at a crossroads in terms of consciousness. We can either kind of continue on this path, which is sort of leading us down uh, a way that's not um, aligned and, and it doesn't provide for even the basic needs for everyone in, in, on our planet. Or we can go this other direction where we can see leadership as something which is um, more conscious and uh, empathetic and loving and caring and I, I just really feel like perceptive souls have so much to bring in this arena uh, mm -hmm. that I'm, I've developed my entire coaching and mentoring model around this. Um, I believe our world needs what we have to offer um, and that we're a part of this larger awakening across our planet and we have a role to play. I agree. I mean, completely. I am. Um... Uh, this is a little bit off of the subject of archetypes, but I, uh, as far as the leadership and everything goes, um, there's a new show on, um, I think it's Lifetime, and the guy is called um, Seatbelt Psychic. And he's like a, he's like an Uber driver. And so he drives people around and then, you know, what do you do for a living? Oh, I do this. What do you do? I'm actually a psychic. They're like, what? <laughs> but it's, it's such a good show. And he's, he's, introducing people to something that they either didn't believe or, you know, had no idea was, was out there, you know, and it, it's, it's changed a lot of their lives. That's what they said afterwards. It's changed a lot of their lives and it helps you to open up and be more open to things. I feel like when people are more open, they don't have that hard leadership um, attitude or quality or, or whatever you might want to say. Right. You know, right. when you, when you're more open to things, then you're less judgmental. So, uh, um, mm -hmm. yeah, I just that just popped in my mind while I was listening to this. So I'm, I'm sorry. Keep going. <laughs> no, that was great because I think, you know, what I've learned through this survey is that a lot of perceptive souls are really nervous about being seen, uh, being seen in their authenticity. And, mm -hmm. you know, for many, many years, if you told people you had these kind of gifts, there would be skeptics. Or there would be people who thought you were evil <laughs> or, you know, various, you know, there were various consequences to being public and being seen. And what I'm excited about now is that in our society, people are more open 
to different ways of being than they ever have been before. So the fact that there's even a show like that on where someone can be openly a psychic and people are and opening people's minds to that, I think is really amazing. And, um, you know, there's there's definitely, as you know, you know doing this radio show and, and being a practitioner, there's definitely some positives and also some downsides to being more public. Um, but there's ways you can manage that as well. Um, but authenticity and showing who we are is really important so that um, we hold space for other people to be authentic. You know, everybody oh, can kind yes. of take off their masks and, um, and really be, be open about who they are. Yes, that's very, very true. Um, we're going to stop right here because this is a good stop in place and take a break and we'll be right back. Introducing BetterHomeAndGarden.com. That's www.BetterHomeAndGarden.com with just the letter N in Better Home and Garden. BetterHomeAndGarden.com offers you the highest quality products on the market that are environmentally safe and effective and to make them available to you at the lowest possible prices. BetterHomeAndGarden.com understands that kind of creativity and do-it-yourself attitude. Thus, we developed our website, BetterHomeAndGarden.com. BetterHomeAndGarden.com offers you the following products right online. Bath, bedding, collectibles, craft, sewing and hobby, food and beverage, furniture, home decor, kitchen and dining, lamps and lighting, large appliances, musical instruments, outdoor cooking, patio items, pet supplies, plant and garden, rug and floor coverings, small appliances, travel and luggage, and so much more. Better Home and Garden is an online retailer offering a wide variety of high-quality brand-name merchandise at discount prices. Our service is personal and we aim to please. Visit us at www.betterhomeandgarden.com. Make your home your own. For over 50 years, Evelyn Stapula has been a loving advocate for people with disabilities throughout the state of Pennsylvania. President and founder of Big Heart Bridges, her organization actively campaigns for legislation and support of civil liberties that meet the needs of disabled individuals with housing, transportation, and employment. Ms. Stapula has joined forces with a variety of esteemed organizations that advocate for the disabled. She serves on the board of the United Cerebral Palsy of Pittsburgh and the Governor's Cabinet and Advisory Committee for People with Disabilities, and she is a consultant for the Pennsylvania Governor's Conference for Women. Her many efforts have led to the implementation of a transportation program for the disabled with the Access Paratransit System of Allegheny County. Evelyn Stapoulis strives daily to serve the interests of the disabled, to protect their freedoms, and enable them to live normal public lifestyles. To learn more, please call 412-491-2605 or email Evelyn at ers92645 at verizon.net. Hello and welcome back to Healing at Soul Level. We're broadcasting live from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. And I'm your host, Shauna Williams. Today, we're talking with Bev and Neiman, and we're talking about archetypes. Um, this is something that she um, studies and she talks to Perceptive Souls about, which is also the name of her company, Perceptive Souls. And when we left off on the break, we were talking about leadership archetypes. So we're going to come back to that and let her finish up talking about that. Thank you, Shauna. Uh, yeah, my work is moving in this new direction that I call um, leadership for a new era, you know, and before the break, we were talking about kind of these traditional leadership models, which were kind of hierarchy and top-down decision-making and, um, you know, fast-paced environments and internal competition and all those kinds mm -hmm. of things. Mm -hmm. And that many sensitive and perceptive people really struggle in those kinds of environments. And so, they may be reluctant to step into a role that's more demanding or 
that might uh, require them to make a decision that goes against their value system, or if there's a lot of politics or conflict or game playing, those things going on in the workplace. You see a lot of perceptive souls moving into entrepreneurship because, you know, uh, and that's probably where you and I uh, traveled that journey uh, just because, you know, you get to set your own tone in your own culture. And it's not mm-hmm. always the easiest path, but uh, sometimes it feels much more in alignment um, than, say, the corporate world. Uh, although I'd like to say that I think it would be important for pe- some people to stay there and to really affect change. And I, and I know that's happening. Um, it's just a, it's, you know, it's a process of yes. seeing those changes shift and, and so forth. And um, I think uh, before the break, I also mentioned I was doing this survey about uh, how perceptive people yes. look at, at leadership. And what was really interesting about that is I asked them to rate a list of leadership qualities. Uh, and I said, pick your top five. And I wanted to share with you um, overall what perceptive souls think about leadership and who they believe that leaders should be. And the, the, top, okay. um, the top quality that they chose were that leaders should uplift others and recognize each person's strengths. And I think that sometimes perceptive souls don't feel uplifted. They don't feel understood. Uh, and so it didn't surprise me that this was uh, uh, one that they would choose as the top leadership skill. Um, and it's something that we do very well. <laughs> we can see <laughs> other people, you know, we sense, we sense other people's strengths. We notice that. We um, generally come from this place of positivity and wanting everyone to succeed and um, we enjoy collaboration more so than competition Um, although sometimes it can be competitive but collaboration feels so much better for us because you know especially like the energy scanner you know we have no problem being in the oneness (laughs) and we like the oneness (laughs) it feels great (laughs) it does Uh, uplifting others is so so important in the leadership world and then the other one is people uh, leaders who listen and learn from others. You know, this is saying that as a leader, I don't know everything. I don't even need to know everything. You know, I think in the past there was this idea that leadership is like you have to have all the answers. Well, leaders are not going to, and we live in a very complex time. So you need a variety of different viewpoints, and you need to assemble a team of people. It doesn't matter whether you're in a volunteer organization or in a corporate America or on your, uh, you're developing your own entrepreneurial team, uh, you need diverse viewpoints because this is what makes um, it much richer. And you're going to get a perspective that you didn't expect. And someone's going to say something that's like, wow, that totally shifted my entire perspective on this, <sighs> on this discussion. So this, this ability to listen, and you see out there in society, like when you see people, for example, on the news, and they're all talking over each other, you know, it, just, uh-huh. it doesn't work. Yeah. No one's actually listening no one's no. actually having an intent to understand. Uh, so this is one of the qualities that perceptive souls really, really want in leadership. And then in conjunction with that is that leaders create a safe space for discussion and respectful disagreement. You know, we have a difficult time right now um, being able to have respectful um, disagreements. You know, you see it online where people are calling names and being hateful and trolling and doing all these things because we don't know how to accept that conflict can be really healthy and it can be a growth experience. 
um, but we don't feel comfortable with it. So then we do it in a way that's aggressive or passive aggressive as opposed to being positive. So great leaders will actually create this safe space and say, everybody's voice is welcome. And let's listen and let's hear each other out and let's see what's there. Let's see where the commonalities are. Let's see, hmm, maybe this, this other perspective is giving us some information we didn't have before. Yes, that, that, um, you are absolutely right with the perceptive souls. Um, that sounds exactly like what I would like as well, you know. And then, as you said, with the perceptive souls, it, um, when, when there's peace, then I feel more at peace because whenever there is chaos or arguments or, you know, things like that, then I feel it too. So definitely I could see why that would be the number one. Right, right. And there's a way mm-hmm. for people to disagree without it feeling like chaos. Yes. Uh, everyone kind of has to agree about how that happens. You know, like we're all going to speak without raising our voices. We're not going to point fingers and do blaming. We're going to, um, you know, just listen to the idea and not attack the person. There's ways that conflict can actually be manageable and not be overwhelming for a perceptive soul. Um, but most people haven't been taught how to do that. And so this is where leadership can come in. If you're a perceptive soul and you understand these concepts, you can actually role model this for other people. Oh, yeah, that's true. Hope to do that one um, day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of the other really important aspects of leadership for perceptive souls is uh, people who walk the talk. You know, we don't really like hypocrisy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, leaders should see themselves as a role model. It doesn't mean we have to be perfect. It doesn't mean we won't make any mistakes. It doesn't mean we won't have a good intention and then we won't follow through with it sometimes. But generally speaking, um, if you're asking me to do something, are you willing to do it yourself, you know, is a really big piece. And if I'm stepping into leadership, uh, you know, am I, am, I, am I just saying things or am I actually implementing them in my own life? And this really comes into play, particularly with those who are called to do some kind of service in the spirituality world, um, is that we have to be doing our own inner work um, in order to be leading and teaching others. We have to be doing, you know, whatever that is, daily meditation or spiritual practice. And, um, and it, again, it doesn't mean we have to be perfect. Uh, it just means that we have to have that strong intention to do that. Exactly. You're absolutely correct. We're going to stop right here and take a quick break and we will be right back. French Rastafarian baker Chef Oug Mat is a fourth generation baker and has worked in 11 countries across three continents. Born in Mulhouse, France, he began apprenticing in his father's bakery at age 12 and has devoted his life to learning cultures of the world from inside kitchens across the globe. He also teaches traditional French baking by hosting demonstrations and classes, and his passion for baking is reflected in his delicious confections. With a deep respect for discipline and his Rastafarian way of life, Sheikh Uvmat exemplifies commitment to tradition and culture in a global world. Traveling extensively and combining a myriad of flavors into his recipes, Chef Ugmat brings a unique approach to baking. To read more about the French Rastafarian baker, visit www.frenchchefoug.com. That's H-U-G-U-E-S. Bon appetit and bless up. 
WikiWags brings harmony back into your home for male dogs and their owners. Inventor and entrepreneur Linda Jangula has created the disposable doggy diaper wraps made with the male dog in mind. The built-in wicking ability prevents rashing and other potential health issues for your dog. Each wrap comes in four sizes and has dual reattachable magic tabs for easy adjustments. And each size has a seven inch logo strip for adjustability so they are comfortable and easy to use. No more fuss, just leave the mess to us. Whether you're in or out, your dog will be free to run about. Stop cleaning and start enjoying your home, and you can even leave your dog alone. To order your WikiWags, visit wikiwags.com, or to find out where to buy WikiWags in your town, visit mywikiwags.com and start enjoying having man's best friend around. Are you looking for employment and live in Los Angeles, Orange, Riverside, and San Bernardino counties? Jobs Annex is the place for you. Are you an employer looking to fill a position or quite a few positions in Los Angeles, Orange, Riverside, and San Bernardino counties? Jobs Annex is for you. Employers, JobsAnnex.com is your resource for career-minded people. JobsAnnex.com is the convenient place for job seekers and employers to hook up and move forward. Jobs Annex has been serving Los Angeles, Orange, Riverside, and San Bernardino counties for over 14 years. Jobs Annex is a former employment search firm. We've evaluated many thousands of resumes and we understand what employers want and what job applicants need to be successful in their interviews. At Jobs Annex, we provide you with the tools to tell your story for free. Our resources at JobsAnnex.com will help each applicant construct an award-winning resume, an eye-catching cover letter, and key interview questions to ask in various types of interviews. Best of all, it's free. JobsAnnex.com. That's J-O-B-S-A-N-N-E-X.com. Hello, and welcome back to Healing at Soul Level. I'm your host, Shauna Williams, and we're broadcasting live from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Today's guest, Bevan Neiman, has been talking about archetypes, and she has given us so much information about it. Um, but you can learn more by contacting her at, excuse me, at Perceptive Souls. Um, Bevan, can you tell them how to reach you and what other modalities or offers that you may have? Absolutely. Um, you know, my website is perceptivesouls.com. And uh, if you go there, you can actually click on the Learn and Connect uh, tab. And if you're interested in the perceptive archetypes, you can receive a free um, email series, which will introduce each archetype to you, um, its lesson, its uh, information. So if that was something you were really, really curious about, um, uh, I do have that as a resource. Um, and the other thing is you mentioned at the beginning that I run a local meetup community, which is called Perceptive Souls. And we host live workshops every other month here in the Metroplex, generally in the mid-cities area, uh, so that people from both Dallas and Fort Worth can participate. It's a great place to meet other like-minded people. We have amazing conversations just like this. Um, and so I invite you to, to join us if you're so inclined. Um, I have a couple of programs that are coming up. Uh, the first one is Confidence for Reluctant Leaders. We've been talking about how perceptive souls uh, feel really called into service and sometimes into leadership but are reluctant to do so. And in this group program, we'll be uh, connecting and supporting each other and learning some practical skills. And then um, I uh, wanted to uh, let everyone know that there is a 
wonderful retreat that I'm co-hosting with Alan Seal from the Center for Transformational Presence called Soul Mission. So if you do feel this strong calling within, but you're just not certain what that comes from or, or how to articulate that, uh, this weekend retreat will help you get very clear about what your soul is asking for, and you'll be able to uh, take some next steps uh, to follow um, your heart and your soul and to serve. This is coming up in February, and it will be hosted in Grapevine, so right here in our local community. Uh, so there's a lot of different ways to get involved with me. Um, I also do individual one-on-one -on -one personalized mentoring for perceptive souls um, around leadership, around relationships, career, a lot of different topics. So uh, if you go to PerceptiveSouls.com, there's many ways that you can get connected with me. And uh, we'd love to learn more about uh, how this uh, archetypal uh, research and information has impacted you today. Okay, that's great. That's great. Um, <clears throat> so I want to just reiterate so I, um, that in order to reach you, we would go to perceptivesouls.com and just go on there. That's to click on. Um, you offer services that's um, also listed on your website that they can check out, correct? Yes, absolutely. There's a section that says, uh, uh, let's work together. And they can okay. go there and see all of the different ways to get connected with me. Okay. Well, I'd like to thank you for being on my show today, Bev. And this has been great. I've learned so much about archetypes. I mean, a whole lot more than, you know, the little bit that I knew to begin with. And um, I just want to tell the listeners, again, contact her on PerceptiveSouls.com. And you can also email her at TunedIn, that's T-U-N-E-D-I-N, at PerceptiveSouls.com. So tune in next week to hear about brain balancing with my guest, Christine Lissio. And to listen to the podcast for this and other past episodes or to book Reiki services and Akashic Record readings with me, visit my website at indigochi.com. If you have a healing modality that you'd like to share, then you can email me at shauna at indigochi.com. You've been listening to Healing at Soul Level, and I'm your host, Shauna Williams. Thank you for tuning in. Love and light. This has been Healing at Soul Level with host Shauna Williams. Listen each week as Shauna will help you discover the different healing modalities and how to use them in your everyday life right here on Shauna Williams Healing at Soul Level. You've been listening to the BBM Global Network. The ideas, views, and opinions of this broadcast are those of the participants of the program and are not necessarily the ideas, views, and opinions of the BBM Global Network Company.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.